Welcome to the Work Life Brilliance Podcast with executive coach and best-selling author, Denise Renee Green. Denise fills each episode with humor, compassion, knowledge, and pragmatism to help you transform your life. Listen in and learn how you can tame your brain, lower your stress, and become the person you were born to be. Hey, my friend, and welcome. I am excited you're here because I want to talk about a really big, important, and elusive topic, and that is peace. I want you to ask yourself, when was the last time you felt truly at peace? Mentally, emotionally, physically? Were you on vacation or were you thinking about work? Were you at a party? Or were you thinking about something annoying somebody said? Were you meditating? Or were you consumed with negative thoughts while you were trying to be present? Most of the people I talk with have not experienced peace, at least substantial peace, for a substantial length of time in a very, very long time. And there's a good reason for this. There are many good reasons for this. So if we could look at the chart of emotions and look at the calibration of emotions, the ones from heaviest to highest. You've heard me say this before, but if you had to guess which is the heaviest, slowest emotion you can ever experience, meaning it's gonna be very painful, it's gonna feel like lead in your stomach or your chest or your head, what do you think that emotion would be? It's not fear, it's not anger, it's not even guilt. Guilt is close. Guilt is the second runner-up in terms of crappy emotions you can feel. But the heaviest is shame. And shame is really easy to go to. Just like anger is really easy to go to. And these are important emotions. Shame protects us because it makes us feel inadequate and small makes us be careful so that people will like us and we don't screw up and get kicked out of the tribe or laid off. So let's jump up to the top of the emotional food chain, the emotion that vibrates the quickest and therefore gets out of your body the quickest, so it's hard to maintain, is of course peace. Actually, it's enlightenment, but mm, I'm not quite an expert on enlightenment and I don't think many of us are going to experience it on a regular basis, so let's go with peace for now. Most of the people I know, including myself, would love a big helping of peace every day. But here's the thing. It is really hard to skip all the way down from emotions like fear, anger, guilt, shame, up to peace. You have to stair-step up there and you have to have the right ingredients for it. So I am going to tell you what I believe are the key ingredients you must have in order to have peace so that you can feel this amazing emotion. It's almost like an absence of emotions. It's like a, a quietness because you're not filled with anxiety or fear or worry or whatever it is. Anxiety is just an experience of a lot of those things. It's a vibration that happens in the experiences um, and it's very uncomfortable as you know. And sadly, anxiety is so common because the way we live our lives 
it is estimated that one in three Americans, and it's probably many more than Americans, but one in three people has anxiety so high that they would qualify for the diagnosis of anxiety disorder. That's one in three people. So just think about in the office, on your Zoom, in the grocery line, one in three people has crippling anxiety. This is why Xanax is probably the most uh, commonly written prescription. It works temporarily and then with horrific side effects later on. So let's talk about how to get peace without a pill. And, you know, I don't want to sound smug here because most of my life, peace has been elusive to me. I grew up in a household where my parents really loved me. I was an only child. They loved me and they didn't really like each other. The conflict in my house, even though it was quiet, it was whispered, it was so thick. It was like you could cut it with a knife. And I'm a person who really values peace, harmony. I'm a nine on the Enneagram. The thing we want most in the world is harmony. That means it's a high bar we set because everyone around us has to be okay in order for us to feel okay. So that's not necessarily true, but it is much easier to have peace if the people around you seem okay. But I'm going to help you figure out how to get it on your own, even when the people around you are not okay. So I went to college after leaving my household and um, I found peace, autonomy, freedom. It was incredible, but that was only four years. And then got in a relationship, I got married, I got a uh, broken back from an accident. So there was quiet conflict in my house when I was married. And I uh, had more stepping on eggshells than I had peace. And then after about 19 years of that, I got a divorce. I was free. I had my daughter 50% of the time. The rest of it, I had freedom. I was autonomous. I had my own company. Oh, I had peace. And then I got Lyme disease and mold poisoning. It's really hard to have peace when you have debilitating fatigue and air hunger, and you are solely responsible for your income because you don't work for a company who can put you on medical leave. So I went through many, many years with a little quick hiatus of no peace or very little peace. And so I've been very blessed for the past decade or so to have a lot of it. And I was having a group call with my program graduates. So as most of you know, I have a 12 week program that gets women from overwhelm to peace and confidence. And it works every time. And it continues to work. So I had a check in with my graduates. Some of them had been out of the program for years and they were experiencing joy and peace on a regular basis. Now, of course, they still feel all the other emotions too, but they know how to get back to peace. And it's because they know the recipe. So let's talk about what it is. Here are some things you have to have in order to have peace. One of them is certainty. I like to also substitute the word faith for certainty. Faith that everything is going to work out. Faith that this thing 
that's happening to you that threatens your peace and your security is here for a positive reason for you, is somehow a gift to you. So when I had my first car accident and I broke my back, I did not have peace. I was pissed off. I went into resentment. I went into fear. I went into worry. I went into worst case scenario. I was mentally just as much of a mess as I was physically. And when the doctor told me that I would never be able to hold down a real job and I would just have to get disability, I'm 22. Okay, I'm only 22. I believed him. I let him steal my peace. And then thankfully, I moved away. I found other doctors with other beliefs and they gave me hope. Now hope is wimpy unless you allow the hope to become a belief. Hope is magical thinking. Oh, I hope I get better. I was able to create a belief in myself that I would absolutely fix this. And not only would I fix this broken back, but the journey that I was on would help me in ways I could never imagine. And it did. I would never be on the path I am on now. I would never be so uh, able to help others overcome just tragedies or just the day-to-day -day tragedies that create burnout and overwhelm. I wouldn't be able to do that if I had not gone through that. I would not have the empathy. I would not have the experience. It took me a lot of different, different people, different techniques to get better. But the thing that got me through it was certainty that if I ever got injured or ill again, I would figure out a way to fix it. And that whatever was happening to me was going to make me stronger and better in the long run, even if I could not imagine how. That's what I mean by faith. If you believe in a higher power, if you believe in God, I think this is even easier for you because you can say, God only gives me gifts. So what is the gift in this? All right, so that's one ingredient, certainty. The next one, I believe, is health. It is very hard to have faith and certainty when you are in massive pain. So whether it's uh, mental pain, whether it's emotional pain, whether it's physical pain, you need to have a degree of health in order to have peace. Now, I know I just said that you can be ill and still have peace, so you have to have you have to have a, a degree of health. So this means you have to, to take care of yourself and you have to catch things early and find remedies to give yourself relief, to put out the fire of whatever's going on with you. Like when my nervous system, after the second time I was hit by a car, but this time just crossing the street and my nervous system got so damaged that my nerves felt like they were on fire. I had to calm that with massive amounts of gabapentin before and ice before I could have peace and start to strategize how to climb my way back out of that. You also have to be grounded. You have to create time and pauses and rest so that you can get out of the thoughts that are creating and disturbing your lack of peace so that you can recover it. And ways to do this are with your breath and with focused 
meditations, not just watching your thoughts meditation. I think that's going to make you less peaceful. I have a six-phase meditation that I adopted from um, Vishen Lakhiani, um, the founder of Mind Valley. So please go look at that podcast, the six-phase meditation. I think it's called The Last Meditation You'll Ever Need, something like that. But centering practices will help you regain your peace. So when you feel like you're being spinning out of control, imagine, <clears throat> imagine you're in a centrifuge and you go to the corner. You go to, I'm sorry, you go to the center. Or you're on a merry-go-round and instead of flying off the edge, you go to the center of it. That's what breath, presence, and focused meditations will help you do. And one of the reasons this meditation works so well is because it has six discrete elements of it. And each element creates a different chemical cocktail emotion in you. One creates forgiveness, which is letting go of resentment. Once you let go of resentment, you can boomerang higher on the emotional scale. It's not weighing you down anymore. It can also help you create certainty. And very importantly, one of the phases of my meditation helps you create gratitude. Now, you don't need to do the meditation to create gratitude, but you do have to create genuine gratitude. So gratitude for the shitty situation you're in, maybe. Maybe it's the shitty boss or uh, the shitty pay you have. What is the freaking gift in this? Because gratitude is the launch point into expansive emotions. What do I mean by that? Well, most of us are living most of our time in contracted emotions. We are holding our breath or breathing shallow, shoulders roll forward, small posture, and it creates a conflict in our brain. And our body cannot get out of it until we have an expansive posture. That just means shoulders back, deep breathing, chest open. When you get to gratitude, the next frequencies above gratitude are so awesome. Love and gratitude are at the same wavelength. And then you get joy. When was the last time you had genuine joy? If you haven't, I suggest you go down to the park and get on a swing. At least that works for me. Oh my God, I love swinging. That was the favorite thing. my favorite thing about having a toddler was I had an excuse to go on swings. All right, so there's joy and then there is peace. So gratitude opens the door. It is the gateway to peace. If you cannot be grateful for your situation, no matter what your situation is, you will never have peace. So take a look at your, your daily practices. You know, I know a lot of people journal. If you're journaling things to be grateful about and truly feeling grateful, great. If you're journaling all the crappy thoughts you have, not great. Stop it. Stop it. Daily practices are only good practices if they create a high frequency in you of love, gratitude, peace, joy. All right, so just, just so you know that I get triggered too. It was like karma. I did this, I did this uh, talk with my graduates and then a couple days later, it is time for me to go on my trip to Mexico, which sounds great, right? It is great, but a week earlier, I had come home from a conference and my dog was walking on three legs. That's not good. And we found out that he needed surgery, like major surgery. So four days before I'm supposed to leave for Mexico, my dog 
has major surgery, has metal plates put in his leg, thank God for pet insurance, and um, he's not in a good place. And so I'm thinking, do I have to cancel? But I had a dog sitter who's been there many times. She came while I had to go to a, a conference again. Um, I was delivering an offsite for a team, and I that was Wednesday. She came, she sat with him, things seemed good, seems he was alive when I got home. And uh, so I, I thought I could leave town and everything would be okay. So day, the day of the trip, she's supposed, to, she's supposed to be there early in the morning before we get in the Uber. The Uber comes, she's not there. Do I leave the dog? What do I do? I mean, this dog is in pain. He's in a cone. He has staples in his leg. He needs medication. And here I am, I'm going to leave the house. And he doesn't have anybody here. And he can easily, if he moves the wrong way, or if he has too much mobility, or if he gets upset and tries to jump, he could blow out the whole surgery. So I didn't know what to do. But you have to be decisive. That's another ingredient I should add to this. You have to be decisive in order to have peace. Because if you're wobbling all the time, no peace. Whatever your decision is. So we decided we would go, and I would keep calling her. I'd already called her three times and texted her three times. No response. We would go and then decide at the airport what to do if we needed to come back. So we got to the airport, still no word. I decided, you know what? I have a very responsible nurse neighbor across the street. I'm gonna ask her um, if she sees her car. Maybe her phone's not working. So get a hold of my neighbor. She says, no car. Holy cow, now what do I do? Do I check my bags? Or do we call an Uber and go back home? I am not in peace right now, people. <laughs> Like, I want to have a vacation, but I don't want to get on a plane if I have a crippled dog who, who can't even get out, out of the house. So my neighbor says, I've got four days off. I'll take care of him. I'll watch him. I can't spend the night there, but I'll come over and medicate him. Okay, it's not ideal, but we're going to give it a try. And I say, if she's not there in 24 hours, we will fly back the next day. Little did I know there wasn't a flight back the next day. But anyways, that was the plan. So... Eventually, I get a text saying, she's here. Okay, great. What the hell? She didn't have a good story. She didn't have a good reason. And she sounded like everything was just fine. And I knew from my neighbor, who was giving me the real story, that she was gone sometimes five and a half hours at a time. The dog needs constant medication and watching. Okay, so not at peace. Not at peace. In Mexico, um, otherwise having a great time. But we had to decide, is this sustainable? This woman is not reliable. She was reliably not reliable. So we looked up flights and we found one, but it was in two days. So instead of a seven day vacation, we were gonna be having a four day vacation. And my partner, my life partner is a very gracious person and he agreed it was the right thing to do. And we just agreed to make the most of our time make the most of our next 48, 36, 48 hours, which we did. And we came home and everything was fine. Well, in the sense of the dog was alive, the dog had not seemed to do any more damage, and we moved from there. So I'm thinking, great, life is back to normal, abnormal, and the only thing that threatens to ruin my peace is the dog, which is not ruining my peace at all, so I'm fine. And then it uh, turns out the Almighty wasn't done with me, um, maybe I was losing my empathy for what a churning brain felt like because two days after getting back, my boyfriend stopped by. 
He saw how much the dog was in need, how much attention I had to give the dog because the dog can now only go outside if I am lifting him out to do his business. And um, he's 85 pounds. And, you know, that has to happen quite a bit in addition to giving him medicine. So the boyfriend gets a little triggered because he's got a lot going on. And sometimes he falls out of peace too. And he texted me when he got home that didn't look like I could give him enough time. Uh, and so he needed to take some space and time to figure out his feelings. Yeah. So it's almost our third anniversary and somebody's got to get space to f understand their feelings. Well, I went into a place of not peace. I felt hurt and he went radio silent for a week. I didn't know how long it was going to last. And um, turns out he had a really productive week. I, on the other hand, got to experience what my clients have to experience on a daily basis, which is a churning brain. So remember certainty, how important it is? The brain hates uncertainty. And I didn't have any information to go on. And um, so my brain went into telling horror stories and having conversations in my head with a person who wasn't there and they were not friendly conversations at all. Like, wow. I haven't had this happen in a very long time. So I realized I had to double down on the recipe. I had to double down on my practices, my centering practices, and I needed to find some certainty and some gratitude because this was not the real me. This was just noise in my head. And um, so I did that. I did my six phase meditation extended loop. I did it for longer. I did it deeper. I did it more frequently and I got really clear on what I wanted. And then I um, talked to some people who I really trust. And that's another thing that we need. We need to be able to talk out loud with people who see us and don't judge us. Hugely important if you're going to have peace. And then I got gratitude. Like this thing sucks so bad that something really great is going to come of it. Either an evolution in this relationship or the end of it and then an opening to something that's very different and unexpected, but wonderful. So that was where I was at when we finally, what felt like finally connected again. And <clears throat> it wasn't an easy conversation, but it was really a productive clarity creating conversation. And because of all the work I'd done, I was able to be kind and curious. And we were able to cut through the confusion and come to some huge, huge epiphanies. And I don't know exactly what the future holds, but I am certain that it's going to be good. And I'm certain that if I stay present, and if I stay curious, that I will make an awesome decision in this situation and um, in any future situation that challenges my peace. So I really don't like having my peace disrupted, but because I have these ingredients and I have this recipe, I know how to get it back. And I know how to get on the other side of it. And I hope that this has helped you deal with something if there's something in your life that's difficult, that's causing you disruption, I hope you will take this to heart because if you use these practices, 
you can take back control of your mental state and your emotional state and you can have peace and eventually you can prolong the periods in which you have peace and you can live in a state of gratitude and when you get knocked off you can get back to it so quickly and once you get to gratitude well then you just need a little dose of certainty and you will get back to peace so there's a quote by Lao Tzu that I like, and it is, if you are depressed, you are living in the past. If you are anxious, you are living in the future. If you are at peace, you are living in the present. Because the present is always peace. So just wrapping up back to where we started with my graduate call, where this was the topic. At the end of the shares, people were just sharing all sorts of amazing things that were going on in their life. One of my um, executive chefs had just bought a franchise. And so now for the first time in her life, she was in charge of everything. And she was excited instead of stressed out. People who were moving across the country for a job were excited, not stressed out. And then one woman, an engineer, one of my first clients, she had been in the program a long time ago. She said, is there something wrong with me? Because I'm always content now. And when bad things happen, I just have faith that it's going to work out. And we all just started laughing. I said, nothing's wrong with you, but you are abnormal. <laughs> um, and she used to have so much anxiety and stress and self-doubt and she literally had imposter syndrome. She thought, oh my God, if people find out that I'm not really, uh, I'm not really qualified for this job. And of course she was qualified for the job. She was perfect for the job, but she didn't feel like it. That was the old her. Because she has done so much work on feeling grateful, on centering, she's able to feel content, which is just another word for peace. So if you would like a big dose of peace instead of what you've got right now, you need to learn the five shifts. There is a simple process, but if you skip any of these, if you don't make any of these one, any of these five shifts, then you won't have peace. You will struggle. You will be your own worst en enemy and you will burn out and you will not be able to savor this amazing life we've been given this short and amazing life we've been given. So we will put a link in the show notes, but you can also get it at work-lifebrilliance.com slash end overwhelm. That's work-lifebrilliance.com slash end overwhelm. And of course, if you are a female professional who feels like you're burning out, who's experiencing a lot of painful emotions and not a lot of free time to do these daily practices in, then I strongly suggest you call me and we can talk about your problem. We can see if you're a good fit for what I do. If you're not, I will know somebody or something that is a better fit. And I will tell you because life is too short to live in a state of fear, worry, stress, overwhelm, and there is a way out. You were not taught it in school and you won't be taught it in any seminar that your company gives you or um, in therapy 
I'm not saying don't get therapy. If you want to get therapy, get therapy. But you need to make these shifts if you want to truly be able to enjoy whatever progress you make in therapy and make it stick. All right, so I hope you have enjoyed this. I hope you got some great insights and I hope you have many moments of peace starting today. Thanks for listening to Work-Life Brilliance. If you want to be coached by Denise, join her in the Work-Life Brilliance Academy, where wholehearted humans are becoming the best version of themselves. Accepting applications now at wlbacademy.com.